0: what is going on everyone it is mason pierce here host of the cover 7 with mason pierce podcast and i want to let you all know about a little secret and it's called anchor by spotify it's one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer and also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, get started creating your own podcast, or start hosting on a very up and coming new platform. So, what is going on, everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 Mason Pierce podcast. And, guys, do we have even more NFL news to discuss? Legendary running back Frank Gore is officially retiring as a 49er. Texas A&M continues, and I mean continues, to dominate the recruiting side of college football. And they continue to, you know, make history in college football recruiting-wise. And then, you know, there's there's a couple key signings. Colin Kaepernick, he actually held another throwing um, little event so we'll get all we'll get into all this news, but first, guys, before we do get into all this news, I want to make sure that y'all first are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover Seven with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover Seven Mason Pierce. If y'all simply just love sports and y'all love some funny, you know, just funny content or just actual daily sports news, make sure to follow both of those platforms. But guys, let's get right into it. And for really our only college football news of today, it's regarding Texas A and M um five star defensive lineman, Levius Overton out of Milton High School in Georgia, has committed to Texas A and M. Now, in case you don't know, this makes it I think it was eight five stars this year for A and M, which is a a new record in college football. And the fact now that I think they have like three of the like five star plus recruits too. So I mean A and M's continuing to dominate. Now but one thing before a and fans do get too overhyped, all these guys are going to want to play. They are five-star recruits. They expect to be on the field freshman year or sophomore year at very minimum. And, you know, obviously with DeMond DeMoss, hey, you know, he ended up transferring out. And, yes, his situation is a lot more complicated, but also it doesn't help the fact that a just got two five-star receivers and a couple, like, four-stars. So he was going to get pushed down the depth chart no matter what because obviously Evan Stewart is the future for the A&M wide receiver core. And now when you look on the defensive side of the ball, especially the D-line as a whole, they are stacked. I mean, you've got five-star on the ends. You've got five stars in the middle. There's There's just not going to be enough playing time for everyone, and guys are not going to want to constantly keep getting rotated out, in, out, in, out. And then you're probably going to end up seeing a lot of transfers in the next two years or so. And I mean, everyone's ta- I mean, not everyone's talking about it, but a lot of people, you know, tend to forget the fact that hey, these guys were top hundred recruits in the country. You know, they they skipped out on going to Bama, LSU, and these other schools where they possibly could have gotten guaranteed starting spots as well, but chose to go to A and M because they are building something special down in College Station. Do not get me wrong, one bit. I mean, Jimbo Fisher obviously has got recruitment down like I've never seen it before. Now, yes, the coaching staff still—you know—there's a lot of holes to be fixed. Obviously, them losing their defensive coordinator to Duke was huge, but nothing less. I still think A&M will be really solid this year. I definitely would say their ceiling is obviously 12 and 0, considering they do beat Bama. But obviously, the floor, once again, in my opinion, would be seven and five, simply for the fact that expectations, in my opinion, are way too high for this A&M team. I think you've got to give it another year or two before they really start to produce like a lot of people are expecting them to. Now, yes, I think they'll probably end up in the ten and two, nine and three range. I definitely don't think the eight and four stereotype will really fit the A&M fit the Aggies anymore simply for the fact they have too much talent to go 8-4. and four. And yes, the SEC is still stacked. Yes, they're still going to play teams like LSU, Auburn, Alabama, you know, Arkansas. Because Arkansas is starting to, you know, slowly work their way up the ranks once again. So definitely the fact that the SEC West is so stacked, I do think A&M will still continue to shine out. But nothing less, congratulations on Jimbo Fisher and A&M for literally getting eight five stars in this 2022 class i mean it's insane and also in case you don't know Lebius, he was originally a 2023 recruit but he decided what quinn ewers and all these kids are really doing a lot more often they're graduating early and they're reclassifying themselves so he will be able to you know participate in spring ball for the Aggies. so that's also huge as well definitely he's a great edge rusher and he's got he's got great size and he's really lengthy so great addition to Texas A&M and their defensive side of the ball. I mean, I still personally, I can't believe the fact that A&M, I think they were still a top 100 recruiting class last year. Well, That's obvious. They're like a top 20 recruiting class last year. But the fact that they literally, this 2022 class, they just got the number one recruiting class in history. And the fact that they've gotten the most five stars in any recruiting cycle ever. Now, yes, I know NIL might be another big key factor, which it probably is. But at the same time these kids still yes, they're getting money, but at the same time that money's not gonna matter if you're not you're, you know, you're not putting up any numbers on the field. For example, you can get paid see they get say they have a hundred thousand dollar NIO deal, right? Hundred thousand dollars a year for the next four years. So a four year, four hundred thousand dollar um NIO deal for just one company. They suck after one year. They continue to keep getting injured, injured, injured. That company's gonna want to find a way to get out of that deal, same way as NFL. In which, I and, and, and honestly, in my opinion, college football is slowly starting to take a lot of NI or not NIL. They're starting to take a lot of um, NFL tendencies and putting them in college football, especially with the addition of NIL, because now it seems like you know, the school saying, "Hey, we can give you this NIL deal. We can give you this NIL deal." Biggest example. What Tennessee did to get five-star quarterback Nico Iamaleva from California. Now, yes, I mean, Josh Heupel, once again, is one of the better up-and-rising head coaches in all the country. He's a great offensive mind, and he runs a really um, air-raid, pass-heavy offense. So that probably was already attractive anyway. But the fact you add on a four-year, $8 million NIL deal for an 18-year-old who's just fresh out of high school... I mean, he's there. No, everyone's gonna take it. I don't even think. No, he's a 2023 recruit, so he still has his senior year. But he'll probably end up graduating somehow, and then you know, being ready for next season, regardless, or this year possibly. So, it's definitely expect college football to be a lot more based on money moves. And I definitely think A&M with the deep pockets they have, whether it's boosters or whether it's just connections to other you know big brand companies, definitely expect A&M and a lot of these schools to continue to get. Because think about it, Texas didn't even have half the recruit A&M. Have, didn't even have half the recruiting class A&M had, and normally Texas is a lot more desirable spot simply for the fact it is you know historically has been a better program than A&M, so definitely just something to keep your eyes on. Now, guys, that is it for college football. Unfortunately, it, it it's kind of there's not doesn't there's really been any updates on like quarterback situations or anything like amazing or anything. Noteworthy, I guess you could say, that I should let y'all know because I want to make sure that I give y'all the important news and not the little stuff that probably, you know, puts you asleep trying to listen to the podcast. But yeah, so guys, I'm going to make sure, you know, I'm telling you, I'm gonna, I promise whenever news, especially regarding college football, continues to come out, it will definitely continue to keep rolling out in the podcast. So now, guys, let's get into the NFL side of today's news, and we actually do have a decent amount of NFL news to get into. Um, the first news we have is regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Bucks, they're re-signing running back Giovanni Bernard to a one-year deal. I love this because this gives tom brady his um james white running back back you know his that great receiving back that you will need and the fact that they already re-signed leonard fournette who is more of their power back they've got the one-two tandem going so it's pretty much the bucks are just reloading you know they're not they're not rebuilding they have no reason to rebuild with tom brady coming back everything's perfectly fine i still think it's funny how brady you know was retired for i think 39 days and then he goes you know what I still have a lot left in the tank, and he does. I mean, if you saw how he played last season, he almost won MVP, in my opinion. He deserved to win MVP, but nothing less. Definitely is huge for Tom Brady to be getting his leading receiving back back. Um, The Houston Texans, they're signing former Indianapolis Colts running back Marlon Mack to a one-year deal. I like this for Marlon simply for the fact he is getting out of the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, Indy tried to trade him before the um, trade deadline last year, but no one took him. I do I, it does make sense now going to Houston because if they still had Mark Ingram they still had Duke Johnson and all those running backs this would make no sense but the fact that they're leading back now is Rex Burkhead which is nothing wrong with Rex Burkhead he was great at Nebraska and he was great for the first couple of years he was in the league but obviously he's a lot older and now Marlon will finally be able to get you know that running back one spot that he he thought he would have on the Indianapolis Colts for the longest time before Naeem Hines and, you know, obviously Jonathan Taylor, who's become one of the best running backs in the league, you know, for his emergence, but definitely watch out for Marlon Mack to be sneaky good this year, simply for the fact that he has a lot of explosiveness, he's very elusive, so great signing, in my opinion, for the Texans who have been needing a running back, and probably the fact, you know, they didn't get Christian uh, McCaffrey, you know, by trading Deshaun Watson to the Carolina Panthers, so they did fill a hole um, regarding the running back position, the next news we have it's regarding the New Orleans Saints. They're re-signing safety P.J. Williams to a one-year deal. Obviously, losing Marcus Williams was huge, but you know by signing um, you know former Jets safety Marcus Mado contract that was obviously amazing. They got Daniel Sorensen from the Chiefs, and now that you're going to be retaining your other starting safety in P.J. Williams, who has been there for I think eight years. Definitely is good for that New Orleans Saints secondary that has been struggling the past couple of years. I mean, it's they still do have Marshall and Lattimore, but they've never really had a decent cornerback, too. And you could say, you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, he's been, you know, emerging, but you really are going to want a guy like Casey Hayward, who's been a career, you know, cornerback, too, for the, whether it was with the Packers, Chargers, the Raiders, and now with the Falcons. You know, you're going to want a guy like that. So definitely good that they're going to at least keep that veteran presence in the secondary. The next news we have, and this is, in my opinion, really the more important news, Um, in case you don't know who Frank Gore is, Frank Gore, long, 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 long time um, NFL running back, went to the University of Miami, was in a stacked running back room. That included guys like Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, and Najee Davenport, as well as um, Walter Payton's own son, Jarrett Payton. So, you know, he was in a very crowded running back room. This was obviously the early 2000s University of Miami Hurricanes, which, you know, one of the greatest college football teams of all time. So he definitely had a lot going against him, but ended up getting drafted to the 49ers and obviously had a great and amazing career with teams like Buffalo, New York. and Just absolutely one of the greatest running backs of all time. He actually has the most games played in NFL history, which you're like, what? Yeah, I know. Actually, he does have more games than Tom Brady, which will probably get broken over this upcoming year, but nothing less. He is actually third on the all-time um, rushing yard list with 16,000 yards in NFL history. So obviously will be a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest, in my opinion, to ever do it. Very underrated back during our generation. So congratulations to um, Frank Gore because he will be signing a one-day contract with the San Francisco 49ers and will be retiring as a 49er. I love this move. Frank also has stated that he, you know, he would like to be able to, possibly get a a front office role or even a coaching staff role so that'd definitely be cool i think he has a lot of love for the 49ers considering they gave him a chance and it obviously paid off immensely yes they never got to win that super bowl that they always wanted but nothing less he was still an amazing back for years and years and years with the 49ers so definitely congratulations to frank gore on an amazing career i loved i mean i grew up watching frank it just an amazing talent that I think never was really appreciated enough, and it definitely will be very, very, very much, you know, respected once you know he is officially gone. So, uh, the next news we have it's regarding the Miami Dolphins. They're um, re-signing cornerback Xavier Howard to a five-year contract extension that will include fifty million dollars in new money, and it's being reported by multiple sources that the new average of his salary will be around twenty-five million. Oh, Xavier Howard. He he just got a new he got a contract extension I think back in 2019 2020 and it was already hefty pay but you know he wanted more he wanted more and more and more and I mean he's not a bad corner by any means he's definitely a top ten corner but now the fact that the Dolphins are going to be paying two dudes on that team roughly 30 million a season almost each with you know Tyreek Hill getting paid about 30 and now you're going to be paying um, Xavier Howard, twenty-five. That's already about almost a third of your salary. Well, no, that's not a third. I'm thinking of 150. That's like that's at least a sixth of your salary cap just on two players. Now they're great. They're both great players. I don't think Xavier needed a contract extension, but I know he was threatening the team with possibly wanting to get a trade, maybe go somewhere that will pay him this money. So good for Miami to keep him. I mean, obviously him and Byron Jones are a solid duo. You know, now that he's going to be getting paid about the same as. Byron Jones, if not, because I think that was another thing that aggravated him too, was when um, Miami paid Byron Jones more money than they paid Xavier Howard, you know, to get him from Dallas. That obviously very much aggravated Xavier. And he was like, you know what, I'm putting up more, pro- I'm putting up more numbers, I'm being more productive. Why am I not getting his salary? So now they finally gave him his salary. So hopefully Xavier doesn't have that, you know, that slump where right as, right after they get a huge contract, they just absolutely funk. So. I mean it's good good for Xavier for getting you know, getting the bag, but nothing less it's still a really hefty price for the Miami Dolphins. Um, the next news we have is actually regarding the Miami Dolphins and New England Patriots. Patriots have been really needing a wide receiver. Obviously Nelson Aguilar wasn't cutting it. Kendrick Bourne seemed to really be only one of the bright spots on that team. Jacoby Myers was and this year, obviously in Kill Harry, whether it was injury or just not being as productive, still is kind of iffy. So the New England went out and they traded for a wide receiver. The Miami Dolphins they're trading starting wide receiver Devonte Parker to the New England Patriots for a third round pick. Um, absolute steal in my opinion because Devonte Parker could easily be a top twenty five receiver in this league when he is actually healthy and and consistently playing for the team that he is on. Now, despite only having one thousand yard rece- uh, reception season, which that was in twenty nineteen. He's still a phenomenal player. I remember watching him and Teddy Bridgewater at Louisville, an actually really underrated duo. And now he actually will be re. Reun- well, no, he won't. He would have been reuniting with Teddy Bridgewater before he got traded. But obviously getting traded to the Patriots takes that away. But besides the point, uh, was a first-round pick for the Dolphins back in 2015. It is a very underrated wide receiver. He, he's not flat. He will never put up flashy numbers but when you look at his presence on the field, it automatically makes teams shift to him, just surely his size and his athleticism. So definitely a great pickup for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. In the final NFL news, we actually have it's regarding former 49ers quarterback, Colin Kaepernick. So in case you all have not heard yet, you know, he was holding a throwing event for draft eligible players during the halftime of Michigan spring game, while he will also be throwing for NFL scouts who will be attending the game as well. So Colin's trying to find his way back into the NFL. I don't really think he's blackballed by the league like he thinks he is. I just think it's simply for the fact he's only gotten older. Obviously, I watched a little bit of his highlights from that throwing event. He looks very slow, you know, even just three steps back and throwing the ball. It, it, nothing Colin had his great couple years with the 49ers, especially the Super Bowl, but there's just there's nothing there's no reason for teams to take a chance on him when they already have seen enough and when you get benched for Blaine Gabbert I'm sorry not nothing against Blaine Gabbert obviously if you're in the NFL you deserve you know you're 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 one of the best players in the world but getting benched by a guy like Blaine Gabbert when you're you know when you're when you're trying to convince teams that hey you know you should take a chance on me I'm one of, I could be one of the best in the you know the NFL no 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 we're not going to give you a second chance we're not going to pay you 5 million even 5 million a season just for you to ride the bench and do absolutely horrible now, obviously, Colin has already made his money, whether it's with brand deals with Nike or anything else. So I'm not going to make this political or anything like that because that's the last thing I want on the podcast. I want this podcast to be neutral and absolutely never involve um, politics or anything like that because I know no one wants to have to deal with it because y'all come to listen to this podcast or anything else to get away from all that. So definitely will be interesting. I still don't think that a team will sign him once again for the fact that he is in his thirties and he's only getting older and obviously he doesn't he does not have that same athleticism that he had with the 49ers a decade ago so i respect the grind i respect wanting to get back in the nfl but i just think it's time to officially you know come to the conclusion hey my prime is over my playing career is over i need to move on so I really do hope that he can sign to a team and he can, you know, prove himself maybe to be a backup. He'll never be a starter in the NFL, but maybe he could be a backup or a third string or just, you know, be a coach. I definitely, that could be another option he should explore is maybe possibly being, you know, an assistant coach on an NFL team. I think guys would like, like that maybe. I mean, I don't really know him. I don't know him personally. I haven't really heard too much about him, about his personality and anything like that. So definitely definitely something he should also look at besides just trying to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, guys, that is it officially for today's NFL news. I definitely would continue to expect a lot of trade news regarding you know, A.J. Brown because A.J. Brown and the Tennessee Titans, they haven't agreed on a contract extension yet. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, they're not even discussing contract extensions until the end of the season, which could kind of be worrying for Baltimore because, obviously, Baltimore fans, things have just been going a wire up in Baltimore, like nothing has been happening that's been good for y'all up in Baltimore. Besides signing, you know, Marcus Williams in the in free agency. So, <laughs> besides that, guys, let's get into some MLB news to wrap up today's episode. Um, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Actually, we're going to start it off with a trade, and there's actually been a couple trades. The Los Angeles Dodgers. They're st- they're trading uh, outfielder AJ Pollock to the Chicago White Sox in exchange for right-handed pitcher Craig Kimbrel. I love this for the Dodgers because not only are they getting Kenley Jensen's replacement as a closer, they're also getting one of the best closers in all of Major League Baseball. So, great trade. Obviously, A.J. Pollock just really was not getting used that much anyway in L.A. So, now they got a guy that they'll probably they'll only use him for a year because it seems like Craig Campbell has become more of a rental for a lot of teams whether it was with the White Sox, the Cubs, whoever it was, he's always kind of just bounced back and forth. But nothing less, it is a great pickup for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, the Los Angeles Angels, they're designated for assignment outfielder Justin Upton. Justin Upton actually had been balling out in spring training, but I think his like $33 million a year salary right now was obviously not really attractive to the Angels. So the Angels said, you know what, it's just time to split up. He will definitely, He will, no one's going to pick him up off of waivers or whatever it might be in the Major League Baseball. Because I don't know exactly how that works. I don't know if it's kind of like the NFL where you can put a guy on waivers and then someone can pick him up and his contract. Obviously, no one is going to pick up Justin Upton's contract. But once Justin becomes an actual free agent, expect a lot of teams to target him. Cough, cough. Texas, please, for the love of God, pick up some more outfield help. (laughs) I mean, we don't have Joey Gallo anymore to make those amazing, defensive plays so we need some more outfit hope so please pick up justin but yeah angel fans it it, it made sense for both sides i mean they didn't want to, have to pay him 33 million obviously it, it, he was kind of just starting to become more of just that veteran presence kind of like how albert albert pujos was for the longest time so it is what it is uh the new york yankees they're trading right-handed pitcher albert abreu and left-handed pitcher rob althstrom to the texas rangers in exchange for catcher jose trevino i actually have a, a signed ball by jose trevino when i met him at a game very cool dude amazing catcher his in my opinion he has one of the best frame like frames you will ever see simply for the fact and there's like a clip somewhere on youtube where it shows you all the pitches that were clearly balls that he ended up making strikes just by his framework and obviously with the fact that um you know, the Yankees, they did let go of Gary Sanchez via a trade to Minnesota. They needed some more catching depth with him and Kyle Higgy, as as, as Yankee fans like to call him. And, yes, I know that was probably cringy, but with him and Higgy, so that's a nasty catching catching um, room, in my opinion. Don't expect Jose to be a huge hitter. He'll, he'll get you a couple home runs a year, but definitely is more of a guy you're going to want when it comes to just getting on base. Now, For the Rangers in this trade, I love it simply for the fact that they got Albert Abreu. Albert Abreu is one of the best up-and-coming relievers, in my opinion, in the MLB. And he's got an amazing arm. Yes, he still has a lot of raw talent, but I'm hoping Texas can properly mold him, if you want to put it as, mold him into an amazing pitcher that I I personally know he can be. And the sad part is about this trade, um, Rob Alstrom, the other pitcher that was traded to the Texas Rangers, he found out that he got traded on Instagram comments. So a Yankee fan page, they actually commented on one of his posts saying, We're gonna miss you. Good luck in Texas and he goes, Wait, what? I got traded? And they go, Yeah, you didn't hear and he was kinda of like in disbelief because he found out from Instagram that his whole life was changing and he was gonna have to move. I mean that I, I feel bad and that's another bad thing with social media. I feel that like he didn't get to learn it personally before other people did, but other people found out him, that he himself got traded. So it's sad. It's funny at the same time, but also it's still unfortunate because I know once again you don't want to you don't want to kind of be oh they couldn't even tell me I had to find out from you know Instagram comments. So but nothing less. Both sides, in my opinion, won this trade. Definitely they've got a, you know Texas gets a lot of great pitching and relief pitching, which they've God they needed, and then obviously Yankees get a lot more catching depth. Um, the next trade we actually have, it's revolving the Yankees again. The New York Yankees are trading left-handed pitcher Joely e. Rodriguez to the New York Mets in exchange for right-handed pitcher Miguel Castro. Miguel, M- Miguel Castro, obviously, is an amazing reliever, which the Yankees are kind of like in the Rangers. They need a lot more relieving help. So, again, a guy like Miguel Castro is absolutely huge. Joely e. Rodriguez was part of the Joey Gallo trade last off season, or not last off offseason, um, last trade deadline. Never really showed any promise with the Yankees, especially not with the Rangers. He, he normally would choke saves, so definitely good getting rid of him and then bringing in a, a times two better replacement, in my opinion, in Miguel Castro. So great trade for the Yankees. Um, the Oakland Athletics, they're trading left-handed pitcher Sean Menea and right-handed pitcher Aaron Holiday to the San Diego Padres for two prospects. I didn't look at the names of the prospects because, obviously, the A's are just trying to get rid of any guy that has any value or any type of huge contract that he's going to be wanting or how he has. Um, Sean Menea, he obviously was going to get traded. We just didn't know when or if, you ever, like, if, the, if the A's would actually do it because it started to seem like, hey, he's not going to get traded. They're going to hold on to him forever and ever. But now the San Diego Padres, they get another you know pitcher to add to their lineup and I know probably after you know not getting Max Scherzer in the offseason that was definitely a huge loss for him but I think now they're kinda glad because you know he uh, Max has been doing with a lot of injury stuff with the New York Mets and he may not even be ready for opening day or even opening week or even after that so obviously that's a huge loss for the Mets but San Diego Padres took a huge W in this trade, and the funny thing is this all happened on Sunday and Sean was actually expected to start for the Athletics and pitch against the San Diego Padres. But now that he got traded to the Padres, he would literally he literally started a spring training spring training game as the Padres starting pitcher going against the Oakland Athletics. Oakland, Oakland Athletics. Oh my lord! I can't talk. Going against the Oakland Athletics, and that trade actually happened a few hours before that game even started. So he quickly got his jersey, got everything. I mean. I, it, it, b- baseball is one of the only sports you will ever see that happen because it's able to happen. It's not like in football where you have to go through a lot of extra stuff. I mean, it was one of the funniest things, and he was smiling the whole time whenever he, you know any any Oakland player came up to bat simply for the fact that he was like, you know, I woke up this morning as an Oakland A, and I'm going to go to sleep tonight as a San Diego Padre, you know, and I literally play y'all today. Like, it, that's just crazy to think that, like, that actually could happen. But nothing less – huge W for the San Diego Padres getting, you know, a great starter in Sean Menya. And guys, that is it for the news. But the final 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 piece I want to talk about is the um NCAA College Basketball National Championship, the National Championship game. Is going to be again. Is going to be Kansas versus North Carolina on Monday, April fourth at nine twenty Eastern Standard Time on TBS. So obviously this episode will come out before the national championship game happens. I will definitely talk about it on Wednesday's episode. But make sure y'all are watching that game because it, it's going to be really interesting to see if Armando uh, if Armando Baycott of North Carolina he does play. Cause I think he dealt. He he ended the game against Duke with an with like an ankle injury, ankle soreness, or something like that. So definitely if he's out, that's going to be a huge loss. And I would really bet the house on Kansas possibly to win because if you get Ojai Obagi and all of them just to play consistent, whether it's Brown or Lightfoot, that Kansas team you can't stop. I mean, not at all. So that's going to be an amazing game. Make sure you all are watching that on Monday night. And guys, that's another episode already finished. I hope y'all really did enjoy today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for y'all. Once again, before I do let y'all go, make sure that y'all are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on both platforms. Link is going to be in the description as always. Guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic Monday. Make sure to watch that national championship game. And And as always, take care.